This is Daily Parasha. In this episode, Andrew from Yuckast interviews us from Florida. His podcast, Yuckast, explores Christian art, thought, business, music, and ministry. Today, we talk about scripture study, how to get started, and how context makes all the difference. Hi there, welcome to Yuckcast. I hope that you, your families, and communities are staying safe and turning to Christ at this time. May God's grace and favor shine upon you in this season. The show is going to sound a bit different than usual today as we jump right into the interview. So uh, we have a really awesome show for you today with two guests calling in all the way from the Philippines. Camille Bossa and Claire Miranda are the hosts of the podcast Daily Parasha, which goes through a passage of scripture daily and teaches how it points to the good news of Jesus Christ. I think you will all be very blessed by their perspective today. Thank you for being here today, Claire and Camille. How's it going? It's, it's going good. well. Is, <laughs> yep. Awesome. Great to this hear. This is Cam. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Camille. Hi, Claire. Thank you again so much for being here. So I guess we can just jump right into the questions here. So you started this podcast, Daily Parasha, as this pandemic started to spread. I really enjoyed listening to each of the episodes where you share a message from a passage or Parasha from scripture overcoming instrumental music. It's very peaceful and encouraging to listen to with all of the pandemonium going on right now. How do you come up with the concept for the Daily Parasha podcast? Um, I'll go first and then Claire, right? So, well, Claire and I wrote, um, and well, Claire wrote and read uh, week one of Bereshit and Genesis. So, she, so we do like every uh, alternating two weeks. Um, and it actually started like a few years ago when we were wondering, we, we both still lived in Singapore and we were wondering like if there's a different way of reading the Bible, um, which just brings out a whole new level of meaning and takes it closer to the culture and essentially what God is really intending to say, right? So um, it, it began as like just us writing short, um, you know, like, but punchy insights from this type of Bible study. So that's how it started for me. Claire? <laughs> um, actually, Camille, being um, the daughter of a pastor, uh, she often shares with me, um, like, tips on how to study and all of that. And one day when we were talking in Singapore, she said, uh, have you ever considered looking at the Bible in this way? Like considering all of the uh, the cultural context and the history, and that really spoke to me immediately because I had always found my own Bible study kind of falling short. I felt that I wasn't digging deep enough, but I didn't know how to do that until she said, "Well, you know, you can look at it in this way, which is to consider the time in which it was written and the language." And that, and immediately, like little nerd me just perked up and said. <laughs> That's exactly how I love looking at books because, I mean, like, I, I read and I read a lot. And I said, why can't I get that kind of experience out of reading scripture? I might be doing something wrong. So, um, so yeah, that, that kind of like just opened a whole new um, way of looking at the text for me. So I, I never looked back since. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I want to talk more about the yeah, podcast in just a moment. But you know, I think people listening in today would be interested in, in hearing what life is like in the Philippines right now with, with everything going on. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Well, um, this is Cam. I live in Manila. Claire, actually, we both live in, in Manila now. We moved back from Singapore 
um, I think it was like four or five years ago. Um, and well, Claire is in the northern part of Manila. I'm in the business district, which is Makati, and it's a ghost town right now. So I'm sure you may have heard about how notorious Manila traffic is. And um, it's weird because there's no traffic right now, but nobody's on the streets as well because of um, our quarantine. Uh, but generally, it would be okay. Uh, but but the bad part about traffic is we hardly get to see each other with friends. So, like, I see Claire once a month, maybe. Um, and Manila is not that too, you know, it's not that big. It's just really the traffic that was making it impossible. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. It's less traffic. Um, and I'm we're kind of lucky in the sense that we live, like Camille said, on the northern part of the city. Uh, I don't live in a in a condominium or, or, a, or a building. I live in a house with a yard. So it helps because our our village or our little subdivision is just really, it's small. And so we're not even allowed mm. to go for walks, which, which is really hard. It's really, it's really getting to the point where I really miss being out walking. Yeah. But I'm grateful that we do have a yard and plants and trees to look at. <laughs> and we and I have two dogs. So you have to keep so walking around actually... the yard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Th that's been hard for me lately. Yeah, well. Um yeah. Thank you for thank you for sharing that. You know, uh I will be praying for you over here and you know, I hope those listening and we'll we'll pray as well. Uh, just you know that that uh God keeps you safe and <laughs> Um, Thank you. And for healing over there in the, the Philippines. Uh, how is the church doing in the Philippines right now? Well, um, some background. So the Philippines is a Christian nation. It's, <clears throat> I think, like the biggest Christian slash Catholic nation in Asia. So most of oh. the nations around Asia are Buddhist or Hindu or Muslim. Um, but I think that's because, well, mainly because the Philippines was colonized under Spanish Catholic thinking for almost 400 years. So, um, but the churches are generally doing well. Um, Claire mentioned my dad is a pastor, so he's in touch with a bunch of them from all over the Philippines. You have your typical mega churches with like the huge structures. They've been very active during this time of COVID, um, you know, just helping with feeding programs. Um, like there's one church over in the eastern part of um, Manila, which opened their doors to um, health workers, for hospital workers. So they basically house the hospital workers. So they don't, like the nurses and the doctors and, and the staff don't need to go all the way home. So the, like they had to do fundraising for like beds and pillows and things. Um, in terms of like format, like service format, there's been a trend or a shift among the cat i i feel our i i that's just like what i've observed um among like charismatic pentecostal type but catholic services so they'll have like the icons and the mary and stuff in front but they're all like singing hill song <laughs> which is i know yeah it's quite interesting um but it's targeted more towards like the yuppies the millennial set and they'll have it in a cinema or like a big event space. Um, but I've also, like Claire and I have also observed 
um, a trend towards small house churches for more like mature, maturing believers, I guess. So yeah, my dad is a pastor of a small messianic community and he's often invited to blow um, the trumpets, the shofars, sorry, the shofars um, in these like interchurch things. So now he blows over Zoom. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely been uh, it's been a challenge in, in a lot of ways having church on Zoom. You know, I, I really do long to go back to, yeah. to the actual church building again and, and fellowship with believers and worship. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad that we at least you know have the ability to still fellowship online, and you know, I think that God is definitely a uh, calling us to, you know, spend more time with them because, you know, we have a lot less distractions now. So I think yeah. you know, finding ways to still fellowship is, is really important. Yeah. Is, is that how you do it though? Like, do you, are you online on Sundays or like tomorrow, right? For you? There's a lot of churches in the area that stream their services to a website. So usually I can go to a website and watch a church service, but then I also have a couple groups each week that I meet with via zoom and, and that's been good and you know i think just kind of having the sort of social fellowship aspect of church is really important like it's it's not the same to just kind of watch a church service it's important to participate i think yeah i think the like and clary like can jump in it because we're both part of a friday sundown like all ladies you know and it's we need it like every week it's the thing to look forward to because you're just you're isolated right you're stuck at home um but it's the support groups that really help with sanity i think definitely definitely you know it's it's made a big difference in my life having uh you know groups outside of just the the sunday service to meet with um so i, I kind of yeah. want to talk about the the podcast as well because you know I, i've listened to all the episodes of Daily Parasha, and it, it's really been an encouragement to me in this time with just kind of the, the lack of um, church services to, to go to and, you know, to really kind of talk with with other believers about Scripture. And it's, it's just been a great way to kind of get, get a perspective on Scripture beyond just, uh, you know, opening the Bible. Like, it, it really goes through the Scripture and, and talks about it in a lot of different ways. And mm-hmm. One thing I really enjoy about Daily Parasha is how much you get into the original languages and explain the structure of the Bible. How do you think learning and studying the word in the original languages can help us better understand it? Um, Claire, would you like to? Because Claire actually is a writer, like more than me. She's like the writer. <laughs> uh, like, I, like I mentioned, I think language really fascinates me a lot. And uh, anyone who, when you travel, sometimes it's hard to connect with a culture unless you learn some words in the culture. Um, it just helps you connect better and kind of puts you right right into that world. Like I remember visiting Japan for the first time, and the one thing I wanted to learn was how to order coffee in Japanese. Yeah. And I, I thought that was such an accomplishment because it puts you, it, it just fosters a very deep, a much deeper relationship, even if it is as simple as asking for a cup of coffee. And mm-hmm. so applying that now to when you study scripture, it it really just puts you in a world that is not your own. And I think a lot of what I was missing when I was studying uh, or trying to study scripture on my own before, like when I was in high school or university, um, was trying to impose my own Western understanding onto something that was not written in a Western context, but was written, you know, in the Middle East. And there were certain 
cultures and practices um, that defined that that time and those people for whom these words were were written and addressed. So rather than um, kind of impose uh, like our thinking, like mm-hmm. um, uh, say for instance, like in one point I I mentioned that uh, Esau's um, Esau's uh, name I think was closer linked to Nimrod's name. Nimrod was like this bloodthirsty ruler. And so that mm. immediately puts him in a very clear light uh, rather than, than what we're normally taught in a lot of tradition is that, oh, he had red hair, which <laughs> really doesn't tell us a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think basically that's, that's what it does is it just opens up another level of understanding um, if you would let it, if you would just be willing to enter, enter the word in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I think also there's like, um, you know, common misconception about the Old Testament being old and not really relevant for today, you know. So especially the first five books of the Bible, because it's it's a story, right? Like, okay, great. Genesis, creation, Abraham, those guys. And like um, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Deuteronomy, they can be a bit boring. You know, like maybe when we were children, we thought, so boring because it's the law, thou shall not, this and that. But then when you get older, you, you just kind of wonder why God spent so much energy and time articulating, you know, down to the specifics of how like the tabernacle would be built, right? So there's there's so much deep meaning in why he decided on these colors um, or why uh, the days of the week were were started this way and, and the counting and it, just so many things that, that, um, you know, like everybody could be ready for that to, to just dive deeper into what God, um, really wanted to say, wants to say to, even today. Right. It's, it's really awesome. Really awesome. Uh, I, I agree. It's definitely important to, to get into the original languages. It's, it's been hard for me to do it. Yeah. It's like uh, to just kind of, you know, it's like learning a language, but it's also learning a different alphabet. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, do you, do you all speak uh, a lot of multiple different languages over in the Philippines? Well, we have Tagalog, which is the main, you know, it's like Mandarin for Chinese, but there, there are a bunch of, we have dialects too. Uh, we speak Singlish too. Because <laughs> so if you're living in Singapore, you have to kind of speak uh, like the locals. Like again, you know, to the point of better connection. Um, but yeah, I, you know what, Andrew, I don't think it's about really, like I'd love, we'd love to learn Hebrew. Claire and I and my parents, we all went to Israel like a few years ago and we were like, awesome. oh my gosh, it, it, yeah, it would be so amazing to learn Hebrew. Um but I don't know, like I'm hoping when we hit heaven, like automatically in the upgrade and we suddenly know like conversational Hebrew or basic Hebrew. Um, but, you know, like we're already in the spirit, right? So, so even if, the, you know, whatever version of Bible you're reading, just the fact that you're in that zone and, you know, God will just allow certain things to float and just really hit you. So, so um it starts with the hunger, which really comes from him also, right? Like you're, you think you're just being curious, but, but he's the one who's, who's drawing you closer to uh, what he wants for you in, in the word. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
So currently on Daily Parasha, you've been going through the book of Bereshit, also known as Genesis. Uh, I, I really enjoyed hearing about the connections between the earliest events in the Bible and the New Testament gospel message of Jesus Christ. Since you spend a lot of time examining the structure of the many great books which are in the Bible, could you share with us some of what you've discovered about how it's all connected and the truth that it points to? Uh when you when you think about the structure of any great story or any movie or any narrative, it, it really is about dividing it into middle, beginning, middle, and end, um, and then looking for themes and kind of like determining who's the protagonist here, who's the antagonist, uh, what is the like the conflict. Um, and I think that when you study scripture in this way, you realize that oftentimes we're looking only at say, the New Testament, which is really, I don't even want to say sequel, but it's like the second half of one great epic. Mm-hmm. So when you study both old and new, you're looking at the prequel, maybe, or um, all the groundwork that was laid uh, for this great story. Yeah. Um, starting from Bereshit or Genesis, you realize then, when you take this point of view, is that Jesus was spoken of or prophesied from the very, very first lines of Genesis. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then his, it's almost as if his identity is hidden, except to the prophets who constantly looked for him yep. uh, because of this promise that was given to them in Genesis. And so you look for these succeeding mentions of the prophesied Messiah, and you realize there's a lot of parallelisms, there's... Um, there's, there's definitely themes and it's consistent throughout. And you realize slowly that he was spoken of at the beginning and he's brought up again in the middle through the prophets um, and even throughout the, uh, the reign of King David, David, mm-hmm. who is kind of like a foreshadow of Messiah. Mm-hmm. And then in the last part, he's, he's actually revealed and reading it in this way in an almost linear form, you realize, oh, okay, I recognize this guy. I recognize uh, the one, the prophets were speaking about. Uh, and it's just, it's kind of mind blowing. And then you realize when you say, for instance, you look into the opening lines of Matthew and John, you recognize all of these names. You recognize this line of uh, this plot line. Uh, and it all just comes together. He was spoken of at the beginning in the middle and at the end he's revealed. And so it's just endlessly fascinating to me to look for these, uh, these consistencies, these patterns and these themes done like um, inductive Bible study where you examine the general picture first and you go down to the specific, um, you, there will be some things that um, maybe you've glossed over in the past because, you know, like the first encounters we have with the Bible, um, whether it's in Sunday school or through the pulpit, um, is is still very novel, right? And it's story-like. But when you, when you go into like level three or level four of, of just sussing it out and and trying to determine what was really said there are patterns in how god does things so the cool thing that we've um discovered together with claire is you know because for a while okay just just a little bit of a side note so um living abroad for us was super fun she was there with her family her husband was working there i was also working separately um and, you know, like, we didn't want to come back to our home countries, but, uh, and, and in a sense, that, set, that felt like a wilderness. Um, and then so we, you know, we had this to cling to, this, this way of studying the Bible. And we'd, 
observe certain things that would come into parallel with our journey, you know, like coming back to our home countries, um, our walk with God, discovering how God would do things. And we're like, oh my gosh, that's how God did it with Moses or whatever, you know? And, and so you think, you know, God, you think, you know, this person to be your friend, you know, and there's so many other facets about him that are coming through. And, and it feels like you're being initiated into like, um, a higher level of managerial training or being, you know, like, in the kingdom too. So, so you, and you're private to how God does stuff. So you're not too surprised about how other things, um, you know, just transpire because in the past, like if you're, if it's your will and you're just trying to force things, there's a lot of frustration. Um, the hardest thing would be to learn how to wait on God. And there's so many, um, characters in the Bible who would who would do that, and God would put them to sleep too, right? So you know, just stuff like that. Very interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I can say uh, for, from my personal experience, you know, the the first time I really read the Bible um, as an adult, you know, I, I was reading the New Testament and I saw what Claire was talking about where, you know, there's really this consistency. I started reading the book of Matthew and mm-hmm. uh, I, it just hit me that this is, this is really a accurate uh, document, like I get in, in a historical sense where it's like, you know, it, it really lays out the genealogy and like, you know, I grew up in the, the church. So even though I wasn't really mm-hmm. a believer at, at that time, you know, I grew up in the church and I, I recognize the stories and, you know, I recognize that like, okay, this is actually a, a really chronologically laid out, accurate depiction of history mm-hmm. and then as, as i read more and more i mean especially reading the story of jesus you know i, I really uh saw what you were talking about camille where it's like god loves us and you know god cares about us and god wants us to be recon- reconciled with him and um reading the old testament then I, you know i i kind of went after reading matthew and mark i went and read the old testament and i mm. i just realized that you know throughout all that you know you, you see how God is really connected with, with his people throughout history and then into in the New Testament and the church. And it, it's really just been an incredible experience reading the Bible. And so I, I think that the Daily Parasha podcast captures that super well and, and just uh, kind of the heart of God and, and scripture, even from, from the earliest chapters of Genesis. Um, and, and, you know, God, God's plan, God's plan through the gospel as well. So daily Bible reading is very important to me, and I know that if I'm consistent and taking time to dwell with God in the Word each day, it really fills me with peace that I'm in His hands, and it spurs me on to do good throughout the day. With daily parasha being focused on the importance of daily study of Scripture, what can you share with us that you've learned about the importance of daily study of Scripture? Uh, This is a really good question, especially in light of... um, you know, these very unusual circumstances that we find ourselves yeah. in. There's just so much information out there. We're just bombarded by mm. by news, by data, by figures. It's to the point of overload. Social media does this to us too. And it's just become uh, super obvious to me that it has become a test of discerning what's true and mm. what's important and what's, you know, what gives you life and edification. And, and scripture is that for me. Uh, it, it, I really look to it now to, to uplift me, to remind me of what's real, to remind me that God is bigger than all of this. Um, and then also uh, 
remembering that a lot of these documents, as you say, uh, Andrew, um, the way the Bible was laid out in kind of like um, a chronological fashion, uh, much of this stuff was produced in a climate of oppression, whether it was political on their parts, uh, on their part, and you know they were facing invasions constantly from Assyria and Babylon mm-hmm. and, and the Babylonian Empire. Um, but but for us, whether it is a political oppression or, or in many cases an emotional or a mental kind of oppression that we feel, um, you know. It's, it's hard going to the grocery, for instance, you're risking your life, you might catch something. And so um, for me, daily reading of scripture just grounds me and reminds me that this is what's true, what God said Amen. about himself being faithful, yeah. what, what Jesus has said about, yes, you will live through some troubled times. We all have. This is not new to me, um, but I am bigger than all of that. And, and just, it, just, it just grounds me. And so that's what I look forward to every day when I, when I wake up, rather than reach for Facebook, you know, or Twitter, I open it up and I ask him, what have you got for me today? What are you going to tell me to cheer me up or, or make something clearer that I don't understand? Amen. Amen. Yeah. I think it, for me, it's also, you know how there's a verse that says the word lives in you, right? So um, so when you read, like when we read, it's just a reminder of what, we already know in our spirit. So it, it basically reinforces and it comes alive because, um, so, so on Friday sundown, we've been having like a series with ladies about dreams and how God, you know, can, can use that to forewarn you and, and, um, edify you and whatever. Um, but really it's, so it's like the verses that we learned when we were children and what we encounter when we listen to a video or do a praise song or whatever, it's floating around your head, right? But when you see it um, in print form and then you remember, oh, you know, at one point this was uh, breathed by God to Isaiah or whoever, it just makes it so much more tangible and in the physical, right? And as believers, we're constantly faced with decisions in the physical that actually could impact the spirit and the soul realms and vice versa, of course. So, you know, like how do you, it's so difficult to not have the wisdom and the insight of the word of God. And of course, um, you know, his spirit to, to push you further towards making the right decision. Um, Yeah. yeah, Initially I would seek for peace, you know, like when I weigh things, does this give me peace and so on. But recently I discovered um, what, you want is really spiritual relief. So John Paul Jackson Mm -hmm. mentioned that. Yeah. So it's more like if I make a decision, is it going to be towards direction of having more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, et cetera. So it's, it's more, you know, it's, it's self mastery and self management too, as well as what are you able to put out? Because you can't put out what you don't have. Right. And that's our, that's what we're called to do um, on this earth, to just be beacons of joy, of uh, peace, patience, all of that. Even at this time of COVID, <clears throat> where it's so dangerous to go to the supermarket, dangerous. Amen, amen. Thank you for that perspective. You know, I, I know how, how much it impacts me to start out my day with scripture or even to, you know, if I don't start my day with it to at least, you know, get into it during the day is, is just so, mm-hmm. so helpful. Um, one of my favorite episodes of Daily Parasha is called Ask, How Do I, how do I Parasha Study? 
I really mm. like how it recommends both practical tools for study as well as describes the importance of God's Ruach, His Holy Spirit, revealing the truth to us. How should we describe what to study, or how should we decide what to study in the Word, and how should we go about applying it to our lives? Um, well, I'll take it clear. So the Parasha Guide, which we can share with you, by the way, and you can share with your listeners, um, and a few bunch of other resources too, it really helps to frame the week. Um, okay, so side, side um, story. You know, when Jesus was in the temple and he read the scroll and it was like, the spirit of the Lord is now upon me to heal the broken heart, save the captives and all of that. That was, it was, it's been said among biblical scholars that that was the parasha for the week. And he was, so it's super cool because that, that means to say Jesus was already, it was doing parasha study as well, likely. Uh, I don't know if it was um, Isaiah or or Zechariah or one of those guys who actually in the priestly, um, you know, calling they, they, in the priestly service, they um, mapped out parasha reading guide. But of course at that time, the new Testament wasn't written yet. So it was more based on um, the first five books and the prophet, the prophetic books. Um, so yeah, like, you know, the, the parasha guide helps to frame the week Um I try to start doing it at the start of the week also. So you have reserve for the rest of the week. Um, sometimes I become curious about something that I may have read within Parsha Guide. Um, and then I'll ask God. And then, you know, like it'll come through maybe in the reading or it, it'll come through in some, like, you know, in a conversation with someone else. Uh, but you just really realize that the more you are. Um, in consulting with God, you know, in discussion with God, it's an ongoing thing, right? So like you go to sleep, you pick it up the next day and, and you know, there's some, like he'll keep feeding what it is that you need to really discover. Um, of course, book studies are beneficial. Uh, now we have a lot of time for that. Um, but I, I guess it's really more like before you and you embark into reading that book, just really asking God, Lord, what do you want me to see in this, right? Um, and he won't, of course, answer initially. But as you go through the book, you'll see more and more what he wants you to see. Now, I'm personally an avid reader in general, so I really enjoy reading the Bible. I I've had a number of friends, though, say to me that they really struggle to pick up the Bible and read it. What would you recommend to somebody who wants to learn more about God's Word but finds it difficult to start? Um, okay, so... Faith comes by hearing, right? So um, just get on YouTube and look for audio Bible or like Proverbs or Psalms or whatever Bible book comes to mind that you're curious about. So <clears throat> there's like a challenging time in my own journey with God where I could not pick up my Bible um, because I, you know, like I was kind of annoyed with God about something or I just couldn't. So but hearing the word um, really comforted me a lot. And, you know, like if you're super busy, there are times where you have, like, because when you, when you crack open your Bible, you have to be in this zone where there are no distractions, you know, you're fully focused on what you're reading. So you have um, maximum absorption, right? Um, but, you know, to be honest, like before pre-COVID, 
like we've been running around and doing all our things and, and it would be such a challenge unless it's like in the quiet of the night or whatever. So <clears throat> I have an audio Bible app that I, I go to um, and, it, and it's one of the best ways. And it's actually really biblical to like, you know, hear, hear it audibly. Taste so that's one, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, what Camille, Camille really uh, hit on it is um, the stuff that's available to us online. Uh, personally, version is a really, really great place to start because it's literally just one verse a day. And mm-hmm. then you're done. <laughs> so, so it's kind of like a kind of low risk, low input kind of um, way to get the word in. If you're looking at mm. reading as a kind of like diet that we need to be on. And for for me, when I'm not really feeling like reading, uh, you know, for for whatever reason, if it's a super busy day or or something, I think Psalms is a really good yeah. place to start. I love that it's been described as a collection of poetry and I, and I love poetry. So, so looking at it in that sense and you're just kind of separating it from, from, Oh, what it is. It's like a heavy book that's ancient, but it's a collection of, of really well-structured poetry. So Psalms is really great. Um, especially since it was written by a King who constantly faced warfare, was always on the mm-hmm. run um, so there's a lot of uplifting material there. Um, yeah. Uh, Job, I think, cause it's, it's short ish. And at the time it was understood as a fable. So it's got a, mm. you know, clean beginning, middle end. There's like a lesson at the end yeah. and, and there's like really beautiful character art for, for this man, Job. Um, if you're looking for maybe like a chronological and more kind of like, um, like a look at Jesus' ministry, if you want to get to know him as a man when he walked the earth, obviously John and Matthew would be would be really great. Uh, I love also remembering that when this was written about about Jesus, he was thirty, and mm-hmm. that's really young. That's like any millennial today is is you know a guy walking around with his friends at age thirty, just you know radicalized and and upending structure and the way things were were done so it, it's kind of cool looking at him in that in that way yeah oh sorry andrew the other thing also is i think it helps like if you're thinking of tackling a certain book to read around it so in the sense of um try to go online and look for um an intro to proverbs or you know any other commentary to give you context. So I'm, I'm trying to tackle Zechariah now. And before I dove straight in, I looked for a few things on YouTube. Um, Bible Project has a bunch of stuff on YouTube. Yeah, the Bible Project is, is a super, great resource. Yeah, Definitely. You, you, you love them, right? So, so yeah, they, they'll just give you like a quick, um, so this is Zechariah and blah, blah, blah. So when you're reading through the book, you're like, ah, oh, this is what he meant. You know, so it kind of... Um, guides you along and you don't feel so lost yeah for sure they, they have a really cool book that they have where it's like a diagram of each book of the bible yeah i'm going to send you a link also of another guy i found he he does infographics um of like bible facts so super cool i can't remember his name right now it's on my laptop but i'll share that with you too it's awesome yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Thank you for, for sharing that. You know, I, I uh, just kind of go like I start in Genesis and, and go to Revelation is just kind of my, my general <laughs> uh, preferred way of reading the Bible. So when people ask me, like, how, how should I start reading the Bible? I'm always kind of like maybe John. I think that, that's yeah. a good one to point people to for sure. Um, so one of the most recent episodes of Daily Parasha was really encouraging for this time. The episode was called The Righteous Will Not Be Forsaken or His Children Beg for Bread. With so many negative mm-hmm. reports coming in on television and social media, how can we set our minds and hearts on the hope that we have in Jesus Christ? Yeah, so yeah, I actually read that. Um, I think I read that right after one of our Friday calls with the ladies and it's such a good dipstick to talk to friends. And of course you monitor on the news and just feel out the general sentiment. And at that time, everybody was feeling hopeless and just really threatened by the, you know, the pandemic. Um, mm. So I was just like thinking, okay, Lord, is this going to be our lot in life? Are we, you know, are we doomed? You know, of course, no. Um, but I remembered a verse that said something like the righteous will not be forsaken and his children will never beg for bread. So I actually had to Google like, what Psalm was that? And um, it's Psalm 37. And, mm. you know, for me, I, it's really, really simple. God has never failed me. I yeah. have been fabulously broke in Singapore and I was in a season of unfruitfulness in business, but, Um, Claire would call me up and say, come on, let's have lunch. Or, you know, like somehow somebody will come and drop groceries or, uh, you know, a project will close suddenly and, and they already have um, funding for it immediately. So God's always found a way to provide. And that's just in the physical, right? So what about everything else that he's across and, you know, he, God is really faithful. He'll use our ups and downs to prove that, Jesus salvation is, you know, in all of our circumstances. So yeah, it would be good to try to recall all the times where we felt so hopeless and suddenly he bailed us out, um, whether Mm -hmm. we asked for help or not. Yeah. Amen. God is good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd really like to zero in what you said about, um, Andrew, what you said about focusing our hearts on the hope that we have in, in Jesus Christ and just, spending some minutes just unpacking that word hope. What is it that we're actually looking forward to? Um, I recently came across a verse in Titus where it's Titus uh, 2 verse verse 11. um, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men that's past, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly righteousness and godly in the present age. And that's now. This is like our how-to book for now. And then mm-hmm. verse 13 goes, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's future. Um, and it's something that, um, that Abraham was, was instructed to do, was to look forward to. The, we all know how this ends, and that's not to like go into like end times or anything like that. Um, but we know the ending, and that's he's coming again. So um, mm-hmm. it helps, I think, to mm-hmm. step back. Uh, when, we're, when we're like in the middle of this, uh, you know, just like we, we, we like using going to groceries as a wonderful metaphor for how chaotic things have been. And it's, it's so easy to get lost in, in this different kind of busyness um, and stress that we find ourselves in. But stepping back and looking at the whole narrative 
where we are now in this great story. Yeah. And looking forward to who's going to finish it for us, which he's done Mm -hmm. on a daily basis, on a moment to moment basis. So we can definitely trust him to wrap this all up for us and in a great big show of Mm -hmm. glory. So, so yeah, that's been, that's been something that I've been thinking about lately is what does that mean when we have hope in, in the Messiah? Amen. Amen. Good one. Yeah, I think that's so important to keep our, our minds on right now and our, our hearts set on Jesus Christ and who he is in, in this time and mm-hmm. everything that he's done for us and that, you know, he's, he's never forsaken us and, and he won't now. And, um, you know, he has a he has a plan through all of this. And yeah. Mm. Um, so thank you again for, for being here today. Uh, I've really been blessed by your insights into scripture and it's important in our daily lives. Is there any final bit of wisdom or encouragement you would like to share with those listening in today? Um, I think for me, just take stock in this time of isolation. I know it's really hard, but, um, you know, God wants this. He allowed it and he wants it for deeper connection with him. Um, you know, and just to really, you know, like I, I guess purify and renew our minds. So we're thinking the way that is, is like in the kingdom and it'll make us more conquerors when we go back out there, whenever this normal happens again, or even if this is the new normal, you know, it's just really a good time to um, level up. So, you know, and, and just like how you remember Jesus went away a lot. So I guess this is like an extended version um, where we get to enjoy God's presence more and just really download whatever it is that he has been meaning to say all this time. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with, I agree definitely with Camille. It's just a really a time to withdraw. We've asked many times in the past when the world got too busy is can we have more time please to do stuff that really matters. And here it is now we have all this time and suddenly we don't know what to do with it. (laughs) But um, yeah, I think it's just a, a matter of recalibrating what we understand to be normal, what we understand to be beautiful, what we understand, um, as gifts, I think in this time, Mm. just being with family, being able to connect with friends that you wouldn't normally connect with because suddenly everyone has time to get on a zoom call or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's to train ourselves to see things differently, to, uh, to imagine that God really is working in the sidelines and behind us in ways we can't see that he's putting together something beautiful, um, which he's done in small doses for us in the past consistently. And so it's looking to see and kind of like look for with anticipation to see what he's got for us on the other side of this. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here today. I pray that the Lord keeps you and your family safe and healthy in your communities and churches over in the Philippines. Uh, to everyone listening in, please be sure to check out the Daily Parasha podcast at anchor.fm slash daily parasha. Uh, that's P-A-R-A-S-H-A, Daily Parasha, anchor.fm slash Daily Parasha. It's one of my personal favorite podcasts, and I'm sure it will be one of yours Aww. too. So head on over Aww. to... Thank you. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. it. I listen to every episode. It's really great. You know, it's, it's an awesome, awesome way to get the word and extra insight into the word into, into my day. So thank you for that. Um, 
Anyways, head on over to anchor.fm slash daily to listen. The link is in the description of this episode as well. And that's just about it for today's episode. We've got a couple quick messages from our sponsors and then some announcements. Hey, thank you again for listening in today. What a great message from the hosts of Daily Parasha. You can find their podcast at anchor.fm slash daily I just want to remind you of a couple announcements before the episode ends. First, you can leave a voice message at the page for this podcast at anchor.fm slash yuckcast to possibly hear it on a future episode of the show. Uh, just go to anchor.fm slash yuckcast. That's spelled like the title of this podcast, yuckcast. Um, and I look forward to hearing what you record and thanks to those who have been sending in messages so far. They'll be on the show soon. Also, I want to encourage you to sign up for my mailing list and monthly newsletter at tiny.cc slash yeah, Y-U-H-H-H. That's yeah with three H's like the name of this podcast. Sign up now to get early adopter status. That's tiny.cc slash yeah. Thanks again for listening. Uh, I hope to see you next week.